It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. For everything rugby league, this is Running It Straight with Tony Kemp and Sam Hewitt on SENZ. That is rugby league. Welcome into Running It Straight uh, for another Wednesday here, the 8th of March 2023. Uh, Sam Hewitt, uh, not alongside Kimby because he's up in Fiji having a little holiday under the sun, drinking a, a few, uh, is it Philemas? Um, but he is going to join us around about 3.30 today. We're going to chat about that Warriors v Knights win on Friday night. What a start to the 2023 NRL season. We had round one, plenty of upsets and a big performance from the Warriors uh, getting up over the Knights in Wellington. And just about the perfect fashion, to be honest. Um, totally dominated them uh, on defence, particularly, and uh, and bagged a couple of nice meat pies as well. Coming up around about 3.15 today, we're going to chat with Wade Egan, um, the hooker for the Warriors, who starred in Friday night's game and has really been getting better and better in that Warriors jersey. Um, would have loved to have Kempi on to chat about how he has developed, because I know Kempi has uh, uh, still got a question mark over Wade Egan as a, as a world-class hooker, but I think on Friday he showed... Um, just how much he's been improving and has plenty more to give to. You've got to remember that um, I think it was Harry Grant said that um, when asked by someone who he watches and sort of models his game off, he said Wade Egan. Um, and that's Harry Grant, one of the best hookers in the game. And then Andrew Johns uh, early on in Wade Egan's career compared him to a young Cameron Smith. And uh, I know Andrew Webster has put him in the top four uh, NRL hookers at the moment. So plenty of reps on Wade Egan. Maybe he's starting to live up to the potential. Um, if you want to send a text through double eight double three, can ask a question that I'll put to Wade. I've already got a whole bunch here from um, our listeners on social media, etc. Um, but if you'd like to get a question in as well, I can put that to Wade. Uh, like I said, around about three fifteen. To kick off the show, though, we usually uh, talk about the games from the weekend, and I usually do it alongside Tony Kemp. I thought I'd run through them uh, myself, just if uh, you sort of haven't got up to speed on Thursday night. Of course, we had the Storm tipping up the Eels. When I say tipping up, I thought um, personally the Eels. Um, they were too long in the market. I think they were at about two thirty to open. They did come into around about two dollars. Um, the storm without a few of uh, their stalwarts from the last ten years. Uh, the Bromwich boys are over to Redcliffe, Felice Kafusi. Um, but look, they stuck in there. Credit to them, they stuck in there. And uh, and Harry Grant gets the chocolates in the eighty third minute and uh, golden point extra time, and uh, and wins the game for the storm and keeps Craig Bellamy's record alive. I think it's now twenty years. Um, uh, that the Storm have won their first round game. And not alarm bells for the Eels, but, um, man, it sort of did signify to me that they uh, that their window is, is closing quickly for a premiership. Um, they lost a bunch of players as well in the off-season. Of course, they made the grand final last year, but they uh, they losing in that first round doesn't mean the season's over for them by any stretch. Um, and that's probably something got to bear in mind of all these results I'm going to talk about. It is only one round. However, feel like the comp has tightened up a little bit. That's certainly the sense I get um, coming into 2023, uh, given those results. Uh, the Warriors beating the Knights 20 points to 12 on Friday night. We will talk about that uh, in more depth after 3.30 with Kempe. Um, the Panthers losing to the Broncos, which definitely was the upset of the round. Not that anyone thought the, Bron- uh, the Panthers were going to towel up the Broncos, but I think a lot of people certainly had the Panthers winning in game one. Um, but man, did they get, I'm going to say manhandled. The Broncos absolutely um, took them to pieces. And look, it was only one point win, but it was pretty emphatic for them. And 
Um, concerning for the Panthers, who I think for the first time in, in the last couple of years that that club and those playing those players, that group, have had some real adversity. And we saw the uh, Jerome Luai, uh, Jermaine Salmon confrontation after the game. They got verbal with one another. Um, and I think that just shows that uh, they are under a lot of pressure. And being uh, two-time premiers and then coming into the season, once again, losing some key players, Viliami Kikau, Api Korosau, maybe there's a few cracks there for the Panthers in 2023. An early loss to the uh, to the Broncos, certainly not, not even one had on the cards. And Adam Reynolds, once again, picking up where he left off last season, the real master of that Broncos team, controlling the game. Great kicking game once again. And uh, they've got some exciting backs. And I've always said the Broncos have had one of the best forward packs in the comp for a couple of years now. When you look at Payne Haas, Paddy Carrigan, um, they've got some big boys in that pack. And it was sort of, and they didn't fail for metres. It was just the, the end product off the back. Now they're starting to sort it out. You got Adam Reynolds, Salwan Cobo, etc. Herbie Farmworth, who uh, bagged a double. Um, so the Broncos may be a top eight side this year, maybe busting their way into the top eight. That's what some of the pundits are saying. And the Seagulls tipped up the Bulldogs, thirty-one points to six on Saturday. Very disappointing for the Bulldogs, who everyone thought uh, this was going to be the year that it started to turn around. Um, Seraldo in charge, a new coach coming in. They've picked up some great signings: Reed Marnie, uh, Viliami Kikau. Amongst a whole host of others, um, the Seagulls. Me and Kempi talked about it last Wednesday with Tom Travoyevich are a different side. Well, Daly Terry Evans was the man who controlled it uh, on Saturday with a with a hat trick, and uh, yeah, they got the biggest margin of the weekend. So probably a surprise on both sides. Surprising that the Seagulls were as good as they were, and the Bulldogs as bad as they were. So are the Bulldogs still a top eight side in people's minds? And maybe the Seagulls um, should be a little higher up on people's list. Um, certainly after that result, you've got to ask the question. And then uh, on um, 7.30 Saturday night, the 7.30 kickoff game was uh, the Cowboys and the Raiders. The Cowboys, I thought, looked like the best team across the round in the first half. Um, they just absolutely came out firing. But... The Raiders did well to come back in the game um, late in the first half and then to, uh, early in the second half. Um, and eventually it was just a uh, field goal that decided it, courtesy of Chad Townsend. Um, but I still think the Cowboys are a top four side. And certainly if they play like they did in the first half, they will just cut teams apart. Man, the combination of um, Townsend, Dearden, um, Val Holmes, Ruben Cotter, Drinkwater as well. Gosh, that guy is electric. Um, playing in the number one jersey. Um, so I think the Cowboys are going to look very, very dangerous. Uh, the Sharks, Rabbitohs was a late night Saturday game. Rabbitohs tipping up the Sharks, 27 points to 18. Um, no Nico Hines for the Sharks, which perhaps was made the result a little bit more predictable. Um, the Rabbitohs, I said last week as well, I think are um, a real premiership contender. Their side's basically unchanged from last year. Lachlan Ilias finally showed us uh, all that... I guess, potential that we've been talking about for the last few years stood up in a big way. And then you just got to combine him with that back line, Campbell Graham, Latrell Mitchell, um, Cody Walker. Uh, they've just got uh, Alex Johnson and they've just got a fantastic uh, side in 2023. So a good first up win for them uh, to get two points. And then on Sunday, well, it has to be the result of the weekend outside of that Panthers-Broncos game. The Dolphins from Redcliffe, tipping up the Roosters, who are many people's premiership favourites, certainly minor premier favourites, and the Dolphins, who a lot of people had as the wooden spooners, come out and towel them up, 28 points to 18, um, made a little bit easier, or a little bit, um, the margin a little bit smaller by Daniel Tupo's trying the 66th minute, but man, the Dolphins pretty much gave the blueprint on uh, on how to play a team like the Roosters, and I think Wayne Bennett can take a lot of credit for that, but 
uh, right across the park. Um, the Ford pack got stuck in, made sure the Roosters didn't get any easy metres, and then just the nullification of that potent backline that the Roosters have. Um, it's a good sign for the Warriors who uh, who play the Roosters this weekend. Um, so hopefully the Roosters aren't sort of, well, they will be wounded, but hopefully um, the Warriors can take advantage of it and uh, and tip them up. And then finally, the Titans beating the Tigers. The Tigers came out absolutely firing. Um, the uh, Leichhardt Oval crowd was was rearing to go. They were up into it. And the Tigers, I think, had the ball for the first five or seven minutes of the game. But the Titans stuck with it and uh, was impressed by their mental fortitude, which is what I've questioned over the last few years. Uh, they score four tries, end up 22 points to 10 winners. And the Tigers fans sort of left wondering if maybe this isn't uh, the year that it turns around. Maybe they're still a couple of years away, TBC. Um, but the latter. Uh, at the end of round one, looks like this. The Seagulls sit in the first position after, uh, like I said, the biggest margin of the weekend. Titans in second, Dolphins third, Rabbitohs fourth. Then we got Warriors, Storm, Broncos, Cowboys filling out the eight. Right down the bottom, Bulldogs, Tigers, Roosters uh, sitting in that bottom three. Uh, the Bulldogs with a little bit of a deficit to make up, uh, 25, minus 25 points they currently sit on the points differential. So there you go. That's uh, That was the round one action. Um, we'll have a look at round two coming up this weekend. Cannot wait for that. But coming up next, uh, we're going to have a chat with Warriors hooker Wade Egan, who uh, who starred in the victory on Friday night against the Knights. If you've got any questions, you can flip them through on double eight double three, and uh, we're going to catch up with Wade right after the break. Cool and all communities. Have your say on the great game of rugby league. 0800 150 811. This is Running It Straight on SENZ. Just gone quarter past three here on SENZ and a privilege to welcome into the show here Warriors hooker Wade Egan who uh, who bagged the meat pie himself uh, on Friday night uh, late in that second half to uh, to take the Warriors out to a 20 points to 12 win a great raid to start the season and he joins us on the line now. G'day Wade. Hey mate, how are you? Doing very well. Mate, couldn't have, uh, couldn't have asked for a better start to the season on Friday night. Yeah, it was good, mate. Um, obviously, it's always good to, to win the first round and, um, yeah, a few things to work on, but uh, we'll take the two points after after round one and look forward to the roosters. It's a pretty uh, crazy weekend across the NRL, Wade, with uh, the Dolphins upsetting the Roosters, the, the Broncos tipping up the Panthers, who, who of course, are back-to-back uh, premiers as well. A lot of change in the off-season. Does it feel like, from a player's perspective, that the, the comps really tightened up this year? Yeah, I think so, mate. Obviously, with the new team coming in and, um, you know, lots of player movement and stuff like that, um, guys retiring and, you know, the new kids coming through. It's sort of, um, I think, yeah, this year it looks like a much more even comp, um, yeah, as you said. We've talked a lot about uh, the win on Friday night already uh, against the Knights across the show uh, and the and the other shows earlier this week. But I just wanted to talk about um, your game specifically. I thought you were one of the best on Friday night, and I think what I've sort of seen in your game over the over the last few years is just the constant improvement year on year. You're with the third uh, with the club for the third year, uh, fourth year, sorry. Um, in terms of your evolution and development, how do you feel your game sort of adapted and changed over the last few seasons? Yeah, mate, I think, um, yeah, just constantly working on my game and, um, yeah, just trying to improve, as you said, and looking at the locks of um, Harry Green, you know, Appy Thorister, um, Damien Cook, and, and just sort of studying their games and trying to add things into my game that, that I can. And, um, yeah, I think that's really helped me. Um, and I'm just starting to feel more comfortable. Obviously, it's my um, my sixth year now in the, in the game. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm taking a lot of confidence um, sort of heading now. We talk a lot about um, craftiness when, when we're talking about hookers, uh, the ability to sort of read a defence, work out when to go yourself, when to pass, where to sort of direct your troops. 
Uh, how much of, of that is built off, I guess, experience, your time in the NRL uh, and reading the game as it plays versus, you know, you spending time studying a team week in, week out and trying to work out those weaknesses before game day? What's the balance like? Yeah, yeah, definitely, mate. Obviously, um, you've got to study the opposition when you're, when you're a spine member and you've got to sort of work out game plans and that. And um, Yeah, playing in the league for a couple of years, you obviously just picked that up and, um, yeah, you can sort of work out what you want to do um, before you get to the ruck and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, but it's still constant learning, you know, mate. Um, I watch a fair bit of footy and I just try and, yeah, as I said before, study the likes of other players and um, see if I can pick up any things and, um, yeah, study the defence as well and see sort of what tendencies they put it's funny that you mention uh, you're studying other players because I remember a, a quote that came out, it might have been last year or, or a year before, about uh, Harry Grant apparently modelling his game or, or watching you playing your game. So there must be a bit of sort of symmetry between all of you hookers sort of doing the same role. Yeah, I think it might, I think it might be the other way around. But, um, yeah, <laughs> it was sort of, yeah, it was, well, I guess because he's probably the best on the half in the league. So, mm. um, yeah, if he's taking anything from my game, it's sort of, um, yeah, it's pretty good to hear. But, um, yeah, I, I sort of model my game off, off the likes of him and, uh, he's carved in around the rock and the way he runs and mm. always um, in the game. So People uh, often talk about hookers doing damage off the back of a good pack. You know, uh, getting good go forward from the forward sort of helps your job become a little bit easier. Just for us sort of amateur fans and viewers out there, can you explain how your role sort of changes if the forward pack maybe isn't quite on top of the opposition? Uh, yeah, I guess, it, I guess it sort of is. Um, you know, the forwards are critical to the, to the dummy halves. You know, the best packs that are sort of been in the game the last couple of years, either Storm and Penrith and stuff like that, so it does help. But um, if you're not sort of getting that ruck seat, that's where you, you sort of try to try to be a game manager, I guess, and um, try and get the boys across the park to, to do that, deliver that ruck speed. So, um, yeah, it does impact, um, I guess, my game a little bit if we're not on top in the in the four-pack department. But I think with the pack we got this year, we we should be, um, you know, winning the four battle most weeks, hopefully, mm. with the likes of Murata, Adam, Mitch Barnett, Bang, um, Tohu Harris and, and stuff like that. So. Mm, nah, very exciting signs uh, on Friday night, mate. I've got a couple of questions in here that uh, from the listeners who, who text through on uh, on double eight double three and on Facebook as well. Uh, Greg wants to know um, how the club is developing other nines in the system and, and who should we keep our eyes on for sort of a p- potential star in the future? Um, yeah, I've actually they've got a young kid in SD ball that um, played a couple of weeks ago. He's just a wrecking ball. I seen him do a, a chip chase and a, um, he bumped the fullback off. So I, I guess he's a. I think his name's Etu. He's um yeah he's way too developed for 18 year old. I was about 60 kilos when I was 18. So, um, but yeah, he's, he looks like a good promising um, young talent. Um, you obviously got Freddie there as well. Mm. Um, you know, great bloke, great player. So um, yeah, we got we got a fair few nines and even um, Dylan Walker can play there as well. So. Um, we're, we're pretty sort of stacked in that department, I guess, this year, which is which is a good thing to have. Do you get to spend much time with them, Wade? Do you sort of get to take them aside and mentor them a little bit? Um, yeah, a little bit. I guess um, in the preseason stuff, you sort of work on that things. You're sort of in positional groups, and um, yeah, you're all sort of trying to make each other better, which is which is a great thing to have. I think we have that um, across a number of positions this year, which is which is really good. Mm. Shane uh, has asked, uh, who of the new recruits has impressed Wade the most on and off the field? Oh, they've all been really good. Um, I think Chance is probably the one on field. He's just been he was outstanding last week. He got uh, he he got three points, I think. So he was um man of the match. He had a great game and but all of them have been really good, mate. Um, you know, Mitch Barnett um brings that toughness edge. Um, Dill Walker, he's um just outstanding off the field, great to have in the group and you can see when he's impact off the bench, then you got um Big Murata as well. It's just that uh, lock down that right edge and he's just a yeah, force we reckon with. He's just 
got so much experience and he's come from a great system, so he's really good to have as mm. well. Shane also asked, uh, where does Wade see himself in five years' time and is it still with the Mighty Warriors? <laughs> oh, five years. Jeez, I, I'd like to take it a day at a time, not five years at a time. Um, yeah, mate, obviously, yeah. <laughs> I actually don't know where I see myself in five years. I'm just sort of trying to, yeah, live in the, um, in the present and take it sort of year by year and game by game, so... Haven't really thought that uh, that far down the track, Shane. Sorry, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. Shane was just trying to get the early contract negotiations going. Uh, James has said, um, Webby recently called Wade a top four NRL hooker. Does that sort of chat put any pressure on him and what does he feel he needs to improve to continually play at that level? Um, no, it's not too much pressure, mate. Obviously, you want to you want to try and strive to be you know, best um, in the game and um, yeah, I, I just keep working on my game, mate. Obviously, don't get too far ahead of myself if I have a good game or whatever. Um, yeah, I just sort of try and work on things um, week to week. And, um, yeah, hopefully sort of my game takes care of itself from there. Uh, Doug has sent a message here, and it probably uh, goes with that uh, one about uh, who's impressed you the most on and off the field. He says, uh, hey, Wade, have you noticed a difference to the buy-in from the team when compared to previous years? Um, I think so, mate. Yeah, Webby's um, got us real tight and... Um, we seem pretty pretty well connected this year. I'm not saying we weren't in previous years, but everyone's back home and uh, yeah, we can... Oh, so I guess when you have that um, when you have that sort of connection and away from the field as well, it really um, it really helps on the field. Uh, and plenty of questions in on this one. So I'm going to surmise there's about five people that have sent in the same question, um, Wade, and it's basically along the lines of. Um, how do you sort of view the, your, your kicking game? How important is that to you? Because uh, we've sort of seen uh, in the NRL now hookers uh, having an element of a kicking game to their, to, their, to their play. They can step out and, and quickly nudge one downfield. Is that something that you have in your arsenal, something you've been working on, something you've been thinking about a bit more? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Man. I still need to get better, but um, yeah, constantly work on that during training and with our um, Stacey, our kicking coach, so uh, try and do a bit of work with him as well just to try and implement that and you know, take away a bit of pressure from um, our half. And just finally, uh, before we let you go, uh, Wade Roosters this weekend, very tough matchup against a side that many had as uh, the Premiers this year and, like I mentioned, tipped up by the Dolphins on the weekend. So you've taken a good win uh, on first game up against the Knights on Friday night, but what's uh, what's sort of been the conversation this week? What's Webby saying to you boys to, to make sure that you back it up this weekend? Yeah, we uh, we know Trent Robinson will, will get the boys firing, um, the Roosters boys firing this week. They don't usually lose too many back-to-backs, so um, I think they'll have a real tough edge about them this week, and we've got to match that, um, obviously going to their home ground. and um, Hopefully, yeah, we've got to get our starts right, so hopefully we can get that right this week and, um, yeah, build off the performance we had against tonight. Awesome stuff, Wade. Really appreciate you coming on, mate, and, uh, and good luck for this weekend. Awesome, mate. Thanks for that. There you go. Waiting in there. Uh, hooker for the Warriors. Uh, great to have your questions uh, coming in as well. Hopefully uh, you got them answered there by Waiting. And like I said, I thought he was one of the best on Friday night um, in that win against the Knights. And just the development of his game. Like There has been so much uh, talked about the Warriors sort of hooking roles over the last, you know, well, I'd say 10 years, but sort of five to six years and how we need a world-class hooker. And I just feel like he's constantly growing. He's constantly getting better. Um, and if Friday's sort of a sign of what's to come, then let's hope he keeps going to uh, to further heights. Um, so great to have Wade Egan uh, joining us on the show as well. Just a couple of quick texts that came in here uh, before we get to news. We're going to catch up with Kempi out of Fiji 
uh, after the news and we'll get his assessment of the uh, the Knights game. I know he was sending me all sorts of messages about the uh, Kalen Ponga HIA incident. Um, he wasn't a happy man <laughs> with, the, with the Knights being his second team. Uh, Sean says, Sammy, what was your assessment of the Warriors' early fitness? Well, look, my assessment of the game on Friday night... Um, I jumped on a podcast with the Warriors Anonymous boys um, who do a great uh, weekly podcast. Um, and I said to them, what impressed me the most about the Warriors were two things. The first thing was Lachlan Fitzgibbon goes over in the first minute, scores a try. I put my hands in my head and I think, great, I'm about to call a classic sort of Warriors loss where they go down early, they put their heads down and the game sort of fades away on them. I, the most thing I was most impressed with is that they bounced back from that early try and b- didn't allow the Knights to basically have anything uh, other than another uh, one more piece of magic um, in the second half, which brought the score back to, I think it was maybe 16-12 at the time. Um, but outside of that, I think their resilience was fantastic, and that's not something we've seen from the Warriors in a, in a long time. So that really impressed me, their ability to bounce back from that early, that early try. And the other thing, Sean, to your point, uh, was definitely the fitness. You know, in the past, after about 20 minutes, you know, the Warriors are already hands-on heads, uh, forwards walking back into the attacking line, and you, you leave it to the wingers, you know, your Dallins uh, in the past, Ken Mamalo, David Fusitua, to sort of take those first three or four hit-ups. Well, we had guys jogging, sprinting back into the line and taking the first, second, third hit up. So not that you require them to do that for the whole game, but that was something that really stuck out for me. So um, I thought their fitness was at an absolute premium. Um, they look mobile. Obviously, the pack is a bit smaller. That's what Webby's gone for. Um, just in terms of we don't have that big bopper sort of front rower. I know Adam Fenor Blake's probably that bigger boy, but most other teams would have two of them. Uh, but Mitch Barnett brought in an element of physicality and aggressiveness, which I think a lot of Warriors fans like to see. Jackson Ford, um, once again, very mobile, created great opportunity. I think he got that uh, breakaway down the left-hand edge as well, which sort of led to another try. Um, and then you throw like a near quarter in, in there. And once again, a hard man who doesn't let, doesn't let the, pack, uh, the opposition pack bully him. And that's really what we need. And another interesting point as well was that the speed of the play the ball. So the Warriors uh, play the ball speed on, on Friday night was around about 3.2 seconds. Uh, the Knights play, uh, play the ball speed was 3.9. 3.2 versus 3.9. And now that doesn't sound like a lot of difference, 0.7. But I can tell you from, from the sort of many games that we've commentated, I always look at that stat. And generally a good team will, will play the ball around about that sort of 3.1, 3.2. And a team that isn't on top will play it around about 3.4, 3.5. So the fact that we had a, a 0.7 difference was actually significant. And we know that with a slow play the ball, uh, guys like Kalen Ponger off the bat can't do the damage that he wants to do. And I put that down to A, obviously a lot of strength and toughness in the ruck. But B, the Warriors bringing on Kai Cutter France as their wrestling coach. Um, he's clearly helped them... Uh, slow down that ruck without giving away too many penalties. Obviously, you're going to give away the odd one. Um, but, you know, I thought they did a great job of, of really slowing that ruck down and, and sucking a bit of energy out of the out of the Knights' attack. So um, that's sort of what impressed me most from Friday night. Uh, just a quick text in from Rory as well. Is Luke Brooks up to NRL standard anymore? Am I being too harsh, Rory? I'll tell you what, from all the Tigers fans that I know, and I know quite a few of them, um, not big Luke Brooks fans. We thought Adam Dewey might uh, be the catalyst to bringing Luke Brooks sort of out of his shell, as it were, but we certainly didn't see that against the Titans, and I don't know how long Luke Brooks will last, even though I think he's on like a million bucks. He's one of the Tigers' highest-paid players. He may not last a whole lot longer um, should the Tigers continue on the trend that they are. 
We'll take a break for news, sport and weather. Uh, when we come back, we're going to get Kempi on the lineup from Fiji, get his thoughts on the NRL over the weekend, not just the Warriors. Um, and, uh, yeah, it'd be great to have him on. Running it straight here, brought to you by South Seas Healthcare, Auckland's largest Pacific wellbeing service provider. We'll be back after news. Welcome back in, running it straight. Just gone 3.33 here on ECNZ. Uh, thanks to South Seas Healthcare, Auckland's largest Pacific wellbeing service provider. And uh, we just had to get him in uh, on the line from Fiji, enjoying his sunny holiday, Kempi. Bulavanaka, Kempi. Bulavanaka, Sammy. <laughs> Mate, it is sunny over here too. It's so, so hot. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, just listening to you talking to Wade, mate, it was a, a really a really good interview and some really telling points there too on um, Wade talking about what uh, the coaches brought to the table as far as making them, I took out of that, um, having some belief that, the players surrounding them, um, especially Wade at Hooker, mm. uh, are there to do a job. And I, I think if you look at that game on on Friday night, one of the biggest one of the biggest assets that the Warriors brought to that game was their go forward. The way they rolled um, through the Newcastle Knights middle on, on numerous occasions. I can remember a couple of times there where they they received the kickoff and ended up basically kicking the ball on the thirty metre line, yeah. um, going in towards their try line. Uh, you know that speed of the play, the ball that you were just talking about, and and having a forward pack like that is is a spine's dream. So I'm uh, not surprised that that Wade um, had had a had a decent game. Uh, Sean played well. I thought Tamari Martin was well, and and Chance at the back, obviously, you know when he when he popped up after that break down the left edge to score that try. Uh, that's what you want from your fullback. You always want them in the picture. Mm, absolutely. So I know we've been quite positive about it all, Kempi, but um, what do you think the Warriors probably need to improve on from Friday night if they want any chance against the Roosters and obviously in the sort of coming weeks where they've got a pretty tough schedule? Yeah, look, I, I knew you were going to ask that question. Um, and it is really important not to get carried away, but I, you know, I, I do think the first thing that we're looking at was was whether or not the attitude had changed in defence, um, and it and it has. You know they pulled down. You you got to remember, no one's spoken about the two tries that they stopped. There was mm. one by chance that stopped on the try line. Ponga scores that nine times out of ten. Yep. And then down the left edge, when Himmel Hunt goes over, and it was a, a reaching tackle from the centre on him, and then the the clean up afterwards. That's basically big moments in a game, and there were a few a few big moments. Those two in particular, and then. Of course, the momentum swing with Caelan Ponga coming off with the HIA, that was the, that was the nail in the coffin in Newcastle. Mm. But what I'm saying about that is that the Warriors, even at that stage, had got themselves in that position to win it. So I think if there's improvement, I think what people are looking for, Sam, is not so much improvement, but more resilience so that they can do that week in, week out. So when you're doing that last-ditch effort tackle, like you did on Himmel Hunt, when like you did where it meant everything. And we saw, I'm going to go back to Roger Tuivasa-Sheck, the amount of times he stopped tries and they weren't resilient to keep teams out. What mm. we saw with, with that tackle on Ponga was that there was actually a want to keep players out. And I thought that was just um, a, real, a real strong side from a defensive effort that had to improve on last year's effort. Yeah, I tell you what, Reese Walsh wouldn't have made that wouldn't have made that tackle <laughs> just quietly. Kevin. No, not at all. Um, 
So the other thing I wanted to talk to you about as well was the interchange because I feel like just going to your point about attitude, the Warriors, the story of the Warriors was that um, you know we get to sixty minutes and whether we're ahead or behind, we'd basically just fall away. Um, I felt like the interchange was a massive difference for us on Friday. Dylan Walker was essentially the best player on the park, but then you've got the likes of Josh Curran, Tom Arley coming on to to help out. You know when you look at a team like the Roosters who are coming up against and teams that are probably going to have some injuries here and there. Does it encouraging that we've got that much depth that does the, the interchanges finally, we're sort of playing with a 17 as opposed to a, a 13 and a 4? Yeah, look, let's hope that Dylan Walker doesn't get injured. It's, that's, that's the dead set um, truth of this number 14. We've got arguably the best number 14 coming off the bench in the comp. And he was by far the difference in that in that interchange where Newcastle made their changes and they took off the Safidi brothers and they brought on their interchanges and we brought Dylan Walker on, that was the difference. Dylan Walker, where we had problems in 2022 where our interchange actually let us down, Dylan Walker came on when we needed him and he got so much speed around the ruck that he punished their interchange players and made them get have to suck for breath straight away and they kept on putting pressure back on that defensive line. He's had to go into hooker there when Wade, Graham, um, Wade Egan went down, and he can play anywhere on the park. So, you, so you've got Dylan Walker there that can cover your spine, he can cover your front row, he can play on an edge, mm. um, and if you have to, you chuck him at fullback. You know what I mean? So mm. I just think that a lot, a lot of, um, of what the Warriors do in the future is going to really uh, revolve around what Dylan Walker does come in off the bench. You know, if we can keep that pressure building when he comes on, um, I think that like Wade was saying, you know, like he's got Nakore Barnett, two really tough kids that, you know, there's a real key moment when um, they got out of dummy half on Friday night and they tried to sneak down through the middle of the park and Barnett just didn't give up on the chase and knocked the ball loose. And that was a massive moment. And Nakore out on the edge, he just, he's, he, he bullies people. You know what I mean? He <laughs> yeah. says, don't run out here with me. You know, you're going to get a hiding if you come out this way. And we haven't had that type of player in there. Um, so I think at the moment, the real good thing I like about the Warriors for, forward pack, and especially coming up against the Roosters this weekend, like we know the Roosters have got an outstanding back line. Joey Manu's back this weekend. But if you look at our forward pack and you look at their forward pack, well, they got to win the battle of the Fords. And if we can win the battle of the Fords against the Sydney City side, mate, we could do what the Dolphins done. Because yep. that's what they did. Exactly. They bashed, they bashed the Ford pack. Yeah, that was the blueprint right there. Um, Kempi, let's talk about the elephant in the room, uh, which was Caelan Ponga getting pulled off for the HIA. Just, I know you get fired up about those sorts of things. Just give us, I guess, your view on on how it played out and I guess what the NRL sort of got to do to fix up moments like that. Because, you know, from, from all of our views, it didn't look like there was any contact that would have warranted it. Um, clearly, the independent doctor saw something. But what are your thoughts on the whole thing? Well, look, I'm an advocate for HIA, 100%. I think we have to look after players and concussion. Um, but we have to be careful that we don't do it to the detriment of the game. And for me, the game was in the balance. Yes, you saw a collision. Now, protocol currently says that a trainer comes on, he does an on-field assessment, and then they say, yep, he's fine. No, he's not. But to have someone in a, in a bunker say, no, you need to get him straight off, when I thought, like I watched the replay, I thought, well, that's really weird. How can you just pull him straight off? He's, he's obviously fine. Um, but the moment in the game was crucial for Newcastle. Mm. They had all the momentum. He'd just been pulled up over a dry line. They were going in again, and he's, he's off the ball, slid into Vanua Blake, and a doctor upstairs has gone, on previous head injuries from last year, I think Kalen needs to come off and get a check. Now, 
yes, I, I, I'm not disagreeing with the doctor. They know I'm no, I'm no doctor, but I just think one of the areas, and there's been lots of chat about it, Sam. I think one of the areas that they need to cl clear up is protocol on the football field. So if you're going to make a call like that, you can't have a trainer come on and say, well, no, he's fine. We need to pull him off because that's what their roles are and have a doctor overrule him. You've got to have the same protocol. Um, and the second part of this is if they don't follow at the club, then you actually rule Kalen out for another four weeks. That would be the better thing to do. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you say, well, you didn't do your job. We're going to do it for you. We're actually going to rule them out for four weeks. Mm. Um, and you make the club pay for, for not doing the right thing in the first place. But my point is that when you when you have a HIA, the trainer comes on and he basically he assesses you. They go through a protocol and then they pull you off and you're off for 15 minutes. When they pulled him straight off, I said, well, where's the assessment? They should have done that on the pitch. Yeah, agree with you, Kempi. Um, what I want to do, mate, is just quickly preview uh, the Roosters-Warriors game this weekend. And if, you, if you're all right in the, uh, in the pool's not calling your name, I might just get you to hold on for a break and we'll, we'll go through the other games of the round. 100%. 100%. So uh, what time is cocktail hour, by the way? Uh, 5.45. 5.45. cocktails tonight. Beautiful. Yeah, can't wait. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> Roosters this weekend, Saturday night at Allianz Stadium, 5 o'clock kickoff. Um, we had the Roosters as basically minor premiers and certainly contesting the grand final this year. Kempe, they went down to the Dolphins. Uh, the Warriors have named an unchanged team uh, to take them on this Saturday. So... I guess you're going to be looking at a very wounded Roosters team. Wade Egan said it. Trent Robinson will know how to get them fired up. I, I sort of have this fear that they're just going to come out absolutely firing. But, you know, I've got a bit of hope uh, from both the Warriors game on Friday and, and the Roosters-Dolphins game. Uh, you mentioned the battle of the Ford pack. How do you think it's sort of shaping up? Where's the game going to be won or lost for, for the Warriors? I can guarantee you that Trent Robinson has Lindsay Collins and um, Fletcher Baker in, in a room and saying, if you don't go forward for me this week, then you're not playing next week. It'll be that. It'll be something like that. It'll be that blunt because what the Dolphins did to that forward pack, and you've got to remember, you still got Nat Butcher and Victor Radley in that side. They're, they got just so they got so dominated to see Brandon Smith get hammered um, like he did, and of course, you know, Kafusi coming out and saying he's so cheeky. <laughs> I think the blueprint was there to actually um, for this week to say, well, our forward pack actually looks all right. We need to really go there and take it to them and make them work their butts off again this weekend because you know Joey Manu coming back into the side, yep, he'll be a little bit underdone, but we know that he's arguably the best player in the world. If they do get it right, and they're too good a team not to get it right, then they can be um, really hard to handle out wide. Um, but again, for me, I just think if you don't win that battle, like, you know, build that resilience like they have, because they're going to get tested a lot for the likes of Daniel Tupo. You know, you've got um, Suwali, of course, you've got James Tedesco there. They're going to they're going to throw lots of questions at them. The, the resilience word has to come in, and they need it. They need another defensive uh, display like they did against Newcastle. So, what do you reckon, Kebby? What's your prediction? Are we going to get brought back down mate, to I, earth? Well, no, I don't. Man, I'm actually I actually think the Warriors will win this one. Oof. I actually I've looked I've looked at the Sydney City side. Um, I don't like their forward pack. I think we can do a number on their forward pack. I I loved what I saw from Mitch Barnett um, and the cheap, you know, when, when the when the dummy half try to get down the middle. So I think there'll be a little bit of niggle between Mitchie Barnett and uh, Brandon Smith on the weekend. I love what Nakori does out there on the right edge, you know. Um, Jackson Ford reminds me of a bloke you call uh, Peter Brown, played for the Kiwis. I think, I think Jackson Ford is actually a, a middle player in the future uh, as he gets a bit more size on him. I like, I like how he plays. I, 
those new blokes that have come into our team, mate, I, I reckon you can build something around them. Mm, awesome stuff. All right, Kimby, just hold the line. Uh, we'll take a short break here on Running It Straight. When we come back, we'll have a look at some of the other big games this weekend in the NRL. Uh, running It Straight here on ECNZ, thanks to South Seas Healthcare, Auckland's largest Pacific wellbeing service provider. Back after this. Providing excellent health and wellbeing for Pacific people and all communities. Have your say on the great game of rugby league. 0800 150 811. This is Running It Straight on SENZ. Coming up 10 to 4 here on SNZ, the run home not far away. Mark Texton saying uh, there's no doubt who player of the day was in the Warriors game. It was the independent doctor. So there you go. Um, one, one, <laughs> one Newcastle Knights fan not happy there, Kempi. Uh, let's go through round two this weekend. Some of the big clashes uh, that we've got in front of us. The first one is tomorrow night, and it's the Panthers Rabbitohs, which, man, if the Panthers had beat the Broncos, this would have been just an absolute barnstormer. I don't know now, Kempi. I think the Rabbitohs might be going in as favourites, even though I think the bookies still have the Panthers there. Um, what do you reckon? Do the Panthers bounce back? Oh, you'd, you'd have to say that they'd want to bounce back. You know, they've lost the last two. Um, St. Helens in the World Club Challenge and, of course, their first round against the Broncos. Uh, they never lose at home. So that one against the Broncos last week, like, tip your hat to them. The Rabbitohs, Latrell Mitchell's lit in a fuse underneath um, the Panthers. So he's given them every motivation to go out there and beat them. But, man, they look good on the weekend, the Rabbitohs. Mm. Uh, I don't know whether Latrell will play Sammy. Um, if he doesn't play, I think the Panthers get him. The Friday night game, Eels-Sharks. And this one's interesting to me because I feel like we've got two almost wounded sides. So um, the Sharks still without Nico Hines, the Eels who went down to the storm and looked almost like a shadow of their uh, of their grand final selves from last year. So sort of how do you see that one playing out Friday night? It is uh, at Combank Stadium. Yeah, look, I think um, no daily M player in the Sharks side uh, with Nico Hines. I, I think they'll still struggle along. Eels don't look any side... Any, any um, bit like they did last year with Reed Marnie, um, Isaiah Papali and, and Nakore not being there on the edges. So uh, I, I think the Eagles are good enough to get the Sharks. Broncos-Cowboys late night Friday night. That one's going to be fantastic because the Broncos uh, built on what they uh, what they worked on last year. Adam Reynolds controlling the game beautifully. They've got a great four pack. And then the Cowboys, who I said I thought played the best half of footy across the weekend in that first half against the Raiders. So uh, what do you reckon is going to happen? I think that one is at Suncorp as well on Friday night. Yeah, Suncorp. Uh, Broncos have spoken about their, their win last week against Penrith. Cowboys... Mate, unchanged, hit the ground running. They're going to be there or thereabouts at the end of the year. I'm picking the Cowboys to win this one. Isn't there, wasn't there a crazy stat we talked about last year about the Broncos on a Friday night at Suncorp? I remember there being a, a mental stat about how many times they've won that game. But um, the bookies at the moment, Kempi, actually have, um, I was just on it before, actually have the Broncos as very, very slight favourites, about 10-cent favourites. Um, so that one's going to be wow. very interesting. Uh, Roosters Warriors we've talked about on Saturday at 5pm. Uh, Dolphins Raiders, the Dolphins keep the, keep the win train going. Well, he's got every chance against the Raiders side that, um, you know, again, they're, they're struggling a little bit too. Look, I, like, I like what the Dolphins did last week. I think, can they keep that up week in, week out, the likes of Kofusi and the Bromwich boys? Uh, probably not. We just don't want to see any injuries. I think the Dolphins get their second one. Storm Bulldogs on Saturday night, 9.30. Bulldogs a real disappointment in round one going down to Manly. Uh, the Storm, they make it two from two. Well, big big loss, Munster, and he, he's out of the six jersey with a broken finger. So um, if the Bulldogs are going to bounce back, then they need to dominate the spine. I thought their spine was terrible on the weekend. And kick out, hopefully, hasn't gone to the Bulldogs for holiday. Uh, last two games, just quickly, can we've got about 40 seconds left. Uh, Tigers Knights on Sunday at 6.05. Uh, Tigers first win. 
and uh, Dragons Titans so the late night game on a Sunday. I think Kieran Foran plays. He's uh, unleashed for feeder. That that could be something worth watching this year if Foran and Fafita get going. I'm picking the Titans to get to another game. I think, yeah, Kieran Foran has been named, but they're still, uh, they're still waiting on fitness as well. So there you go. Those are our round two predictions. Kempe, uh, thanks for joining us, mate. Go and get that cocktail in here. Uh, are you a pina colada guy? <laughs> are you a, a mimosa? What's your what's your poison? Nah, just a vuna, vuna Fiji and beer, mate. I'm pretty pretty simple. Like, you know. <laughs> Easy. All right, Kempe, <laughs> go well, mate. See you soon. Take care, brother. There you go. Uh, Kempe there joining us. We'll take one more quick break. Come back and wrap the show after this. Running it straight, coming up to four o'clock, and it is going to be the run home taking over after four. Um, running it straight, thanks to South Seas Healthcare, Auckland's largest Pacific wellbeing service provider, and uh, great show today. Joined by Wade Egan. If you missed that chat, go and check it out on the podcast channels. Just uh, hit the SENZ app, or you can find us on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. Great catching up with Kempi from Fiji as well. Hopefully, he'll be back in the seat from Wednesday. Uh, we will have, uh, you know, someone said, just thinking, is SEN going to have live, you know, commentary this season none so far well we did call the Warriors Knights game live from Wellington on Friday night that was on air and on the SNZ app we are calling every game of the Warriors this year Uh, every game whether it's in Australia or at home so uh, Roosters Warriors this Saturday from 5pm I think we're going to do build up from 4.30 that will be on the airwaves that's us for another Wednesday we'll be back next week take care enjoy the NRL over the weekend go the Warriors